Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. I can't believe it's been almost two years since I've last hosted a live training. Well, consider this a manifestation because for the first time in almost two years, I'm hosting a live three-day money manifestation training called Cashflow. And the best part, it's absolutely free to join. We're going to be talking all about raising your financial set point, taking your power back when it comes to money so that it no longer has its hold on you, having money respond to you as the sovereign queen of money, not the other way around, becoming wealthy without frying your nervous system, the exact steps to accessing financial abundance for life, and so much more. You can sign up for this free training at manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. We start May 15th, and I can't wait to see you there. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Manifestation Bay podcast. You guys, I am so over the moon excited about today's episode because today's episode is going to be a BTS insider sneak peek into how to create a multiple million dollar product-based business and brand. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Sarah Murray of Curie, which is a clean, non-toxic body care brand that has been featured on freaking Shark Tank. She made a deal with Mark Cuban and Barbara Corcoran, I think that's how you pronounce her name, sold the product on QVC, It's now carried in hundreds of stores nationwide like Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, and currently carried in Equinox and SoulCycle gyms worldwide. What a freaking boss, babe. And the best part, Sarah manifested all of these successes starting with a Manifestation Babe podcast. Like I literally can't believe it. And it's proof that you don't need much sometimes. Like a podcast is enough for you to get your mindset into high gear and your ass into action. I love Sarah so much because she's one of the most approachable businesswomen that I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. She holds no secrets and she literally wants to share with you everything that worked for her. And I can already feel a friendship forming here and I'm so excited to switch my deodorant to Curie deodorants and especially me being postpartum and having that TMI onion smell that I'm sure you mamas know what I'm talking about. And I know you will love her deodorants as well. Um, Plus there's a special code for you to try Curie products with code MB20. That's M as in manifestation, B as in babe, 
20 for 20% off of your first purchase. You can head over to curiebod.com to check it out. Um, and I know you guys are going to love this episode. We talked about entrepreneurship. We talked about looking like an idiot getting started. We talked about what inspired her to start a non-toxic body care brand. We talked about her whole experience of going onto Shark Tank and exactly what that was behind the scenes. We talked about manifestation, her journaling entry. We talked about her number one tip for other people who want to do what she's created. We talked about the recession. We talked about her lowest moments in her business where she made no sales and it was super scary. I mean, you guys are going to get so inspired. I cannot wait for you to dive in. So without further ado, enjoy. Oh my gosh, Sarah, I am so excited to have you on the podcast because it is not every day that I have someone who's been on my all-time favorite TV show ever come on my podcast. I'm really excited to hear all the tea on that. Of course, I'm going to have like a million questions for you, but oh my God, I don't even know where to get started. I'm so excited to have you. First of all, how are you doing? I'm good. Today's actually my birthday. (gasps) No way. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you so much. I was like, what a fun thing to do on my birthday. You, this is one of my favorite podcasts. So I was so excited to have this get scheduled just coincidentally on my birthday. Okay. Wait, first question I have for you is how did you find the podcast? Cause you said that you've been listening to the podcast before you went on Shark Tank. Like tell me the story behind this whole connection that we have. Yeah. So I follow, um, an influencer, but she, I know her from high school. Her name is Morgan Mullen. Um, I don't know if you've connected with her. No, not yet. She's amazing. You should follow her for all her interior design, but I follow her and she is always talking about manifestation and she listens to your podcast religiously and was always talking about how she manifested this and manifested that. And so I DM'd her and was like, I need to do anything right now to give myself some peace of mind. And I want to do everything in my power to make sure that I have a successful episode on Shark Tank. And so she sent me your podcast and was like, just listen, you got to listen to this. And so I started listening uh, probably two months before I went on Shark Tank and immediately went home, started journaling. I have my journal like right here. I have so many pages of manifestations and it all started because your podcast. And I emailed you immediately after I went on Shark Tank and told you what had happened. And I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God. You sent me a screenshot of your journaling entry and it was like, I was so amazed with it because I'm a non-specific manifester. So For me to get too detailed sometimes will actually hold me back. But for you, the amount of detail that you had in your journal, specific, the better it was. Yeah. So you're probably a specific manifester. And for you, like for you, it happened exactly as you wrote it. And I was like, this is some juicy ass shit. It is. It's actually creepy when I send people that screen. I, I posted that, um, that entry that I had sent you on my Instagram story and everyone was responding. Like I have the chills reading this because it is so specific and every single thing on that specific, of course, there's, there's times that I've manifested something and it has not happened, Mm -hmm. but that specific day, I think I wrote down four things. I visualized them again. I'm very specific about what want. And those four things all came true. And oh my gosh, pretty much exactly as I dreamed that they would. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, I am so fascinated with product-based businesses, like just ideas, like how ideas come to people. And I'm curious, like, how did you wake up one day and you were like, I want to start a deodorant company that will of course morph into other products. Cause I know you've gone beyond deodorant now, but like, where the hell did you just like wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to start a deodorant company. You need to go into that. Cause I feel like so many people, they either, they have ideas that never manifest. They never take action on them, or they're kind of like sitting and waiting and asking the universe, like, can you just send me an idea? You know, like just send me something. And so I'm really curious, like, what is that very first thought that came across to your mind? Like, how did that go? So I definitely, I'll start by saying, I definitely didn't manifest this. Like I had no plan whatsoever. Didn't really know what I was doing and didn't really know what even, I didn't even think about the end goal, which is funny because now I'm so, oh my God, I would never do that. But I was a different person three and a half (laughs) years ago. And um, so I worked in venture capital before, which I think is an important little tidbit because Mm -hmm. that was what really exposed me to entrepreneurship. I think Mm. maybe I wouldn't have taken the leap or maybe I would have, wouldn't have taken it when I did, if it weren't for that step in my career. So I worked at a venture capital fund. Anyone listening that doesn't know what venture capital is, it's essentially a pool of capital that gets invested into startups. So all the big tech startups that you know today, Facebook, Uber, Amazon, they've all raised venture capital funding. So I worked for a fund that would would make investments in startups. And And what was your role in that fund? I started on the finance and accounting side. Um, I was back office, like literally approving expense reports. Uh Um, And then I worked my way, hustled my way onto the investing team after a couple of years. Got to my role, basically it was an associate and it was to meet with entrepreneurs and, you know, learn everything I could about their business, go do research on their industry. And then write memos and make recommendations to the partners on whether or not we should invest and you know what kind of return that we could get on that investment. So my job was to meet with entrepreneurs all day. I so you with- were like a shark basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't the decision maker. I was yeah. four years old. and But you you're know- like on that side. Yes. I okay. was definitely on the other side of the table. I was the one with the power. I was the one, you know, making those invest, helping make those investment decisions. And that is, was instrumental to me because I, the biggest th- thing that I learned from working in venture capital and working with, or meeting entrepreneurs all day was like, I think before I thought entrepreneurs, I had this like idea of, I've always really looked up to Sarah Blakely, for example. And I thought Same. she was this God that was like a special breed of human. Um, and then after meeting with hundreds of entrepreneurs, I was like, wait a minute these people are like actually not that special or they're not any different from me. Yeah. They just like had the guts to go out and do it. And oh Sarah, my gosh, yes. Sarah w- admits that same thing. She's like, I'm not any smarter than anyone else. I'm not some special kind of genius. I just had an idea and was gutsy, like ballsy enough to just do it. And that's what most people don't have is the guts. And to, it's very vulnerable to go out there and be like, hey, everybody, I'm starting this deodorant company. <laughs> out of nowhere. Like it's very scary. People criticize you. People make fun of you. You know, starting out, it's very scary. And I really think that that is the thing that separates entrepreneurs from 
people who maybe want to be entrepreneurs, but don't want to take that, you know, reputational risk or have the fear or all yeah. that. So- I'll never forget my, my whole family. There's a specific Christmas. Um, I think it was Christmas 2016. Cause that was my first year doing manifestation, babe. And I was putting in so much work and had absolutely nothing to show for it. I mean, the money to show for it didn't even start until like that new year's Eve. So it was actually the next week, which was like that tipping point where I'm like just about to give up because I'm like, there's nothing happening. And then next week it's like, boom. Right. But that Christmas, the week prior, I was sitting at my dad's house and there's a reason why I don't have a relationship with my dad anymore. But I was, it was like one of the last times I saw him and I was sitting at his Christmas party dinner table and every single person at that table is just going around and basically taking their turn at making fun of me and just saying like, no one's going to listen to a, how old was I? 23 year old life coach or whatever. Like, what do you have to offer to the world? Like, nobody's ever going to listen to you. Like you're too young. You're too dumb. You're too this. And I'm just like, first of all, Mike, first of all, I'm not giving you're people like- advice. Coaching is not giving people <laughs> advice. Second of all, I'm like, watch me motherfuckers. And, um, I mean, I, I know that to a T, like I have had so many people just talk smack about me and I know how defeating that can be. It is defeating. And, you know, even I like found myself at questioning myself and being like, am I, am I dumb? Like, like, did I really give up medical school to just be made fun of by every single person I know, lose all my friends, lose my family's respect? Like, did I really do this? And of course, fuck yeah, I did. Yeah. And that's why I am where I'm I am today. And that's but, why, you know, yeah. successful entrepreneurs, they all start with risking the reputation. Totally. And you have to like be okay with looking like an idiot because I looked like the biggest idiot. Like I, when we first, I, so to anyone listening that doesn't know my business, it's called Curie. We started with an aluminum free deodorant, um, started with a stick deodorant. It was a personal need. I couldn't find anything that worked for me. I'm an athlete. I'm super active and tried to make the switch. Couldn't find anything. Like literally it was, I was it's better hard. wearing nothing than wearing Tom's. <laughs> it was disgusting. Um, so I, I worked with a, a team of formulators, created our, my own formula that actually worked on me and talk about like being willing to look like an idiot. I bootstrapped. So I didn't raise any money, even though I came from an investment background, I was like, I'm going to do this on my own and make sure this is something I actually want to do before I go raise money from somebody else. So I put my own $12,000 of my own savings into starting Curie um, and looked like an idiot for that first year because I had to do everything myself. Like I designed the packaging myself. It looked terrible. Like we've since <laughs> rebranded, but that first packaging was embarrassing. I created the website myself. I, when we had to choose our first scent, cause we could only afford, I could only afford to make one scent. Wow. But it was a lot of pressure on choosing that first scent. Oh yeah. Um, and we worked with a, a olfactory, um, like a, a scent house on, uh, to, to, to develop that scent, but I couldn't make the final decision. It was so hard. We had three amazing scents, couldn't decide. So I literally took the scents and a clipboard, went to the mall and stood outside of Nordstrom. Cause I was like, that's my target customer. Um, stood outside of Nordstrom with my little clipboard and deodorant samples, asking strangers to sniff 
the deodorants and tell me which the scent that they like the best. That is actually genius though. That is so genius. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I actually ended up, I think this is totally not allowed. It's funny now that we're sold in Nordstrom because I think this is totally against the rules, but I ended up going in Nordstrom and asking the, the, ultimately the decision maker was the women that worked at the Joe Malone counter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they obviously have good taste. They know good sense. And so I had them make the final decision. I have like pictures of them sniffing these like deodorants. And that's how we came up with our white tea fragrance. It was the Joe Malone counter at Nordstrom. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Wait. So a lot of people, when they come up with an idea, or like they figure out that there's a need and they want to come up with a product that they first, I feel like very oftentimes product-based businesses start with like, I have, I have a problem and I need my own solution. And like, I'm like, and then they realize that a lot of people must have the same problem. So where do you go from there? Like, who do you talk to? How, like, I feel like a lot of people are like, okay, I need a manufacturer. But if you were to ask me, like Catherine Zinkina, like go find a manufacturer for something. I'm like, I don't even know where the fuck to start. So like for the people who are listening, who want to follow in your footsteps, where do you recommend they get started when they have an idea? Like what comes next? That's what everybody asks me. Where, how'd you find a manufacturer? Yeah. And they expect some, you know, oh, connections. My dad worked in manufacturing. I'm like, I Googled it. That's it. Like that's all it takes. You can find anything on the internet. Um, I, a lot of my competitors like were like, Oh, all at the time, all the natural deodorants were like very hippie, crunchy, you know, humble, you know, what year was this made? This was, we launched in 2018. Okay. So at the time it was like very humble, crunchy, deodorant brands. And every one of them was like, I, you know, the founder was like, I made this in my kitchen. It's my own formula. So I tried that because I was like, oh, this is what everyone else is doing. And it failed. It was the worst deodorant ever. I'm like, I'm not a chemist. I don't know what I'm doing. And like, that's why none of these work is because people are trying to go from using secret antiperspirant, which is like clinically tested strength um, but full of toxic ingredients yeah. from that to this like rinky dink deodorant that some lady made in her kitchen. Like, why isn't there anything in between that's like a legit product, but is made with clean ingredients and no aluminum. So that was the market I was going, like, trying to create was like something that feels high end that feels, you know, just as good as the doves and the secrets of the world. Um, but not made with toxic shit. So that was my, that was what I was going after. And I was like, I'm not going to make this myself. I have no business making deodorant in my kitchen. So I, I just Googled like natural deodorant manufacturers, talked on the phone to 10 of them. Um, a lot of manufacturers is a big issue when start you're starting out, especially in, in beauty and personal care is minimums. So a lot of places I talked to had, you know, 10,000 unit minimums, which I wasn't going to be able to afford. So um, I just kept talking to them and, and kind of learned the lingo along the way where yeah. I'm like an idiot each time I got, I like learned, learned, learned. And then um, I remember one guy was like, Hey, this, we can't do this. Like you're, we have 25,000 unit, unit minimums, but I know a woman who has a small lab and she would probably be interested. Wow. So he introduced me to her, you know, she didn't have a website or anything. It was just 
word of mouth. And then she was the, um, ultimately the lab that we went with. And she had two chemists in-house that had developed, had, you know, tons of experience with clean products and specifically deodorant. And so it worked out perfectly. I think I paid them like $500 to develop the formula. A lot of labs, especially in personal care and beauty, will do it for free um, as long as you place, you know, a purchase order with them. So the barrier is pretty low. It's just, you have to find that partner that wants to take a bet on you. Um, and if you, if you find that, that lab, like ultimately they'll, they'll help you create the formula. They'll help you manufacture the formula. And our lab kind of held us, held my hand through the process, which was really nice. Cause I, I really didn't know what I was doing at all. That's amazing. You know what I love about you so much is that you make this seem so doable, so feasible, so possible for people. I feel like people have this like idea of like, you have to be already this big person or have all these connections. And I know for sure, I definitely had that viewpoint as well, that perspective. And it's just so refreshing to see you. And you're just so like warm and friendly. And like, you just have this like vibe of like, like, like your, your BFF right? Like you, you just feel like a BFF who just I, tells you how to do things and like how, you know, her experience and how it was done and how you can do it yeah. too. And I think that's so amazing. Thank um, you. I mean, my dream would be to uh, eventually like teach people how to do this because it oh my gosh. Really, really is all the tools are there. It's especially right now you can learn anything. You can yeah. build a website on your own. You don't need to hire fancy agencies to do this and that, like all of these, it's all possible. Um, but you know, you just have to, again, be willing to maybe look like an idiot and hear no. I heard lots of no's, but yeah. Can you talk about that? Cause I asked uh, my audience, you know, what questions they would have for you. And I didn't specify who you were yet. Cause I was just like, there's someone coming on who, you know, was on Shark Tank and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people, they want to know like how, does one keep going through the nose? Because so yeah. often there's at least a hundred nos, 200 nos, sometimes thousands of nos that people go through, but it mm-hmm. takes just that one. Yes. Right. That one. Yes. But a it's lot of people give up before that. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely been, I will admit it's been a learn learning process because in the beginning, the nose used to wreck me. Like I would get a no from a retailer or even an influencer that I reached out to and they would be like, no, I'm not interested. And every no hurt really bad in the beginning. And I think I've, I think over the, over time I've one disconnected my self, my like sense of self from my business, which I really needed to do, um, for my own mental health. It was always before Sarah is Curie, Curie is Sarah. So saying no to you, rejecting me. Um, and so I've had to learn, uh, to disconnect myself and be like, Nope, Curie is here. And if Curie gets a no or Curie gets criticism, it's not criticism of me, Sarah. So that's one thing. And then also like you just get thicker skin because you hear no all the time. And it's, I've been doing this now for a couple of years. I've been doing it long enough where I see what happens, which a lot of times, most times those no's turn into yeses. Like it's crazy how many, uh, for example, uh, all these manufacturers said no to me, you know, eventually I got a yes. Um, Nordstrom said no to me three times. Eventually I got a yes. QVC said no to me. 
eventually I got a yes. Now I, I sold on QVC 15 times on air. Wow. Uh, I Shark Tank said no to me. I actually got on Shark Tank and got canceled the night before I was supposed to air. They called me and said, sorry, you're off the schedule. We had a scheduling conflict. And they, I was, I spent three months like bummed out that I was, I had all done all this preparation, didn't think I was going to go on the show. And they called me, um, on a Sunday at one o'clock while I was hiking Griffith park in LA. And they called me and they're like, Hey, Sarah, we have an extra slot. Can, can you come to the studio right now? Like can right you now in two hours? Yeah. There's we, you need to be here in two hours. Um, and so I, I like, poop my pants. Oh my God. I, I said, no, actually I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And my fiance, thank God was like with an earshot. And he's like, was that shark tank? Did you just say no to shark tank? And I was like, yeah, there's no way we can get from Griffith park. We lived in Santa Monica. I was like, we're not going to get to Santa Monica for 45 minutes. I can't get ready for TV. No, there's no way. And he's like, call them back right now. I already Google mapped it. We're going to make it. And he just flew home in the fast lane and I got ready. I actually did my makeup in the car for Shark Tank, like in the moving for like the, the show show, not like the, cause I, cause there's like an audition process, right? Is that what no, I read? This for the show. Like when okay. you see me on TV, I had done my makeup in the passenger seat of the car. I hadn't showered. I would literally went on a hike, hadn't showered and curled my hair like in five seconds and boom, I was there and went on Shark Tank. And, and you looked gorgeous, <laughs> by the way. But- thank you. I mean, they have professional hair and makeup. They did a little touch up, thank God, but yeah. it was so, but going back to what you're saying, just the nose, everything, I swear, always starts with a no for me. And yeah. I've just learned like, it's not a no forever. I set a little calendar reminder to follow up and I just don't even listen anymore. I'm like, all right, like yeah. no for not for right now. Like they'll say yes later. Eventually so, it's like a desensitization and yeah, the best thing for me. Get, yeah. The best thing for me in sales has been like imagining a waiter, like you're sitting at a restaurant, a waiter is bringing you like an extra fork or they're asking if you want to refill on your coffee. And you're just like, no, thank you. The waiter is not getting offended. They're not making yeah. it about them. Like, oh my God, they don't love my coffee. Like that's the end of my career. <laughs> it's just a no, not right now. No, thank yeah. you. Like maybe later, maybe tomorrow, maybe next year, whatever. I think that's so helpful that to hear like, yeah, they heard at first because we have that connection where we make it our identity. Like people are saying no to me and that means something about me as a person rather than they're just saying no for whatever reason. Maybe they don't have the budget for it right now. Maybe they're yeah. they're filled to the max with other products that they're setting up for. You know. There's that quote, like rejection is God's protection. And yep. someone said that to me when I first auditioned for QVC and I didn't get on. Um, they were like, rejection's God's protection. You know, me, the buyers clearly didn't think that you were going to, and it wasn't you, your, that your products would be successful on the show. So it's for the best that you didn't get on when you did, because yeah. then I got on QVC a year and a half later and sold out and killed it. And thank God that the timing worked out in the way that it did, because maybe if I had gone on when I wanted to, we would have flopped or, you know, the timing wasn't right. And it worked out 
yeah. in the end. Because everything leads up I, perfectly to your success. Like so we, like yeah. the success of your company today is because of the the most aligned no's and the most aligned yeses. So everything yeah. has been in alignment for you. And like, you know, you, you mentioned how you didn't start journaling or consciously manifesting like until a certain point, but you have been manifesting this entire way. Like you just haven't been aware of it. And then once you became aware of it, you were able to fine tune your manifestations. Yes. So, yes. Talking about fine tuning manifestations, shark tank, let's start there. Okay. So you're on your way of sweaty so, to shark so I'm tank. I'm on my way. Well, I'll, I'll rewind. So I got okay. on shark tank. I actually got another no from shark tank. I applied to be on shark tank the year prior. I got a no. Um, they encouraged me to apply again. So I applied again the next year. This is last year. Applied again, found out I got on the show, went through all this preparation. It was like a part-time job preparing for Shark Tank. I had to do the pitch and I, you have to design your own set. It's They put a lot of that wow. on the entrepreneurs. And so it was a part-time job. I had weekly calls with the producers. I was ready to go, locked and loaded. I started listening to your podcast. I started manifesting. I wrote down in my journal the specific outcome that I wanted. I closed my eyes and imagined it. I even had my fiance like role play with me, pretending like he was a shark, giving me a deal. Like I was really, really in it. Like I didn't drink Love alcohol it. beforehand. I was getting like weekly facials. Like I prepared, like I was going to the freaking Olympics for Shark Tank. And then I was supposed to film in July, got a call the night before that I was taken off the schedule due to a scheduling conflict. And they didn't think they would be able to fit me in. Um, oh my they, God. The show works is they do two taping windows. They do a week and a half in July, a week and a half in September. And so they were like, we'll call you in September if we have any time on the schedule. But, you know, basically if someone drops out, you might be able to get slotted in, but we won't know until the day of. And I was like, cool. Um, I'm also, I was based in LA at the time. So they were like, we'll, we'll give you a call in the studios in LA. So I could just hop in the car. So September comes around, you know, I, I was devastated over the summer. It was really hard. Um, a really good challenge for me though, to overcome that and continue on. Like I wanted to quit so bad and I was really depressed for a couple of weeks, um, if not months. And then moved on, decided we're better off. We had some amazing sales on QVC. Our sales were up like 50%. I was like, we're fine. We don't need Shark Tank. And then September rolls around. I'm on a hike hungover. I had like four margaritas, three margaritas the night before. And they, which is so funny because leading up to my July taping, I was like, clean as a whistle, not drinking. I was, I was eating like really clean and, um, trying to get mentally prepared. And then of course they call me as I'm like on a hunger yep. and they gave me two hours to get there. Boom. Zoomed there. My, my fiance dropped me off at the gate and I got picked up. It was like being a celebrity. I was like, they picked me up at the front gate and like put me on a golf cart. And it was just like a whirlwind where they were like, Sarah, like get in your hair, makeup, touch up, Sarah, like did it. They made me practice because I hadn't practiced in months. And so it was really like a really fun experience. Like I thrive on, I'm clearly an extroverted person. Like I thrive on that energy and adrenaline. Yeah. Um, so it was 
pretty much the best case scenario for me because I think if it had happened in July, I would have probably been sitting in my trailer all day waiting to get called for my taping and getting all nervous and in my head. But it was better the way it happened because it was boom, boom, boom. I had producers, I had hair and makeup. I, I just was surrounded by people and energy and it just got me pumped. And so by the time that I actually went into the studio to film, like I was peak Sarah, like on cloud nine, oh, yeah. ready to go, feeling so confident. I was like, I could have walked through walls level of confidence at that oh. point. It was the best. Like it was so much fun. And I got it. I walked out onto the carpet and boom, like talk about the power of manifestation. Like I feel like I had manifested that moment so many times and and visualized that moment so many times that it didn't feel foreign. Like I didn't feel nervous. Yeah. I just walked out there and was like, yep, here I am. Oh, just as I expected, Mark is on my left. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mark over there and Barbara Corcoran's over here. And the, oh, okay. Like I knew what to expect and I wasn't nervous one bit and I killed it. Honestly, oh. like I look back at the episode, I'm like, I killed it. I am so proud of how I showed up and it, I, all my preparation really paid off. You're such an amazing representation of this energy in which a lot of things manifest. I, w- I want to argue everything manifests that you so desire. And it is, I want you, but I don't need you kind of energy. So when you said, you know, we're doing fine without Shark Tank, of course, that's when they call you. (laughs) Of course, when you're like, I don't need you anymore. Oh my gosh. That is so true. Cause I was so desperate in July. Like when they called me to tell me I wasn't going to be filming anymore, they had four days left in the window taping window. And they were like, we'll call you though, if we can, we can slot you in. And those four days I was like in front of my phone, like staring at it. I had my ringer on loud just in case Uh I was desperate and I was coming with desperate energy and that's why things didn't work out. And probably if I had gotten called, I wouldn't have done as well because I would have walked in with that energy. Whereas by the time September rolled around, I had like swagger when I walked in there, I was like, whatever. I don't care. Like, let's just, let's just do this. Like (laughs) it was a different energy than if I had done it in July for sure. Yeah. It's almost like you've proven to yourself that you don't have to do anything also to be worthy of killing it on Shark Tank. Like before it was, I need to eat clean. I need to abstain from alcohol. I need to do this. I need to do that. And it's like, you've proven to yourself, like I am perfect the way that I am and I can slay in any version of myself that I want to be or that I am or that I show up in or who cares if I'm hungover. Like this me, who I am gets to be successful no matter what. And I think that's so inspiring because so many people, they get stuck in perfectionism and they feel like they need to have everything in their life be perfect. And I will tell you the most success that I've that I will have in my life that I've had in my life is when I'm being the least perfect, when I have my shit the least together, when it's the least expected, when I have these like phone calls that come out of nowhere and it's like, Catherine, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I'm just like, oh, fuck, I'm not ready. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. And you're just like, sure, I'll say it. I'll do it. Like yeah. I'm not prepared at all. And then- And it works it. out so beautifully. Tell me about- True. Are there and- any things in on Shark Tank that surprised you? 
that like people, you know, people watch the show and they don't see all the behind the scenes and whatever, something that I've heard. And I don't remember from who, I think this was someone, it wasn't someone I personally talked to, but it was someone that was talking about their experience on Shark Tank. And they were talking about how, like, you know, the music that we all know, like, dun, 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 like that doesn't actually happen. (laughs) No, there were a lot of little things like that um, that I was surprised about. I think the first was they didn't play the music, which someone had warned me about that. So yeah, so you're I walking knew, in silence. <laughs> I knew there wasn't going to be music, um, but one thing was that hallway. They make it look so long on TV. It's like two feet. It's so short. I don't know how really? they make it look like that. Yeah, it was really short. Um, like I remember walking through the hallway and then the doors open. I was like, oh, like. There, oh, it, there's the carpet. Okay. And they also, uh, the room is gigantic. Like the set is like a football field. It's huge on all sides of the back. It's giant and freezing. You walk out, it's like 48 degrees. I swear it's freezing. Lori actually has a little space heater under her chair. No way. Of course. (laughs) It's so cold in there. Um, and then I would actually remember being like, should I have worn like a padded bra? Like like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure they had to like edit out my nipples on, on TV. Um, but the other thing that's super awkward, uh, is you walk out, you like hit your mark. They have like a little mark on the carpet where you have to like stand and then you have to stand there for a full minute completely silent so that their cameras can like get the ambient a I don't full know. minute I don't know how it works there's like something the cameras have to and the sound has to get calibrated or something so you stand there for a full minute just, just staring smiling. at each other I just, like, smiled and like looked at the sharks and they kind of just smiled and looked back and I was just like this in a minute doing that feels like a lifetime. It was so awkward. <laughs> and I was just like, let's go. Like, you know, I just wanted to start. It was, it was, that was like the worst part, honestly. Oh my God. Were you manifesting specific sharks to do a deal with you? Yeah. So I actually, I have my phone out because I wanted to find the screenshot I sent you. Okay. Yeah. So let's the, get the receipt. This was the manifestation. So I wrote this on April 5th, 2021. So I filmed in September of 2021. So this was when I was just starting to go through the process. And, um, I said, one of my manifestations was I'm going to get on shark tank. I will film this summer. I'm going to crush it and be calm, cool, and collected Three sharks will offer me a deal. I'll pick one and walk away proudly. That was wow. my word for word what I wrote down. And that happened. Like I went on, I got three offers on the show. I ended up getting two sharks, not one. Um, and all that, it, that's exactly actually how it happened. But that when I read this back, it like gave me the chills because it was three sharks. Like I got three offers from three sharks. Like I walked away. I did walk away proudly. Like I did get an offer. I did feel calm, cool and collected. So it is still crazy to me how it turned out really like I had dreamed of. And I couldn't believe it. Like I walked off and you can see this on at the end of my episode, I walked off and they keep the camera rolling to do like post-show interview and stuff. Yeah. And I just after I got off and was out of the shark tank, like I just 
broke down crying. And because my producer was there and like, you get really close with your producers and she was there and she was like, I am so proud of you. And I just broke down crying. And I was just like, I'm so proud of myself. Like, I can't believe that that happened. You see on Shark Tank, people get ripped to shreds sometimes. Like I knew that that was ability. Talk about facing your fears and being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. Like sometimes people get destroyed on Shark Tank. And so just to walk out of there and be like, did that just happen? Like, it was really overwhelming and emotional for me. And what has happened to your business since? Like, what was the result of Shark Tank and getting a deal with two sharks? Because I'm, because you know, they have like those, um, they often have those like updates that they do, like since Shark Tank, this yeah, person. Actually, we actually have one airing this Friday. I don't know. When oh, this, really? I don't know when this episode's going to come out, but um, the our Shark Tank update episode is on on Friday. Oh my week. gosh! Perfect timing. Um, so the, after, so the show I filmed in September, the episode aired in March. Um, I got a deal with Mark Cuban and Barbara Corcoran. So they came in 50, 50 and I got a call in March, beginning of March, telling me that we were going to be airing, which was so exciting. Luckily I had prepared, um, already made, you know, it takes two months to make products. So I had to make products beforehand, just in preparation. And so we were pretty well stocked. I mean, now in hindsight, we could have been more stocked. Um, the thing is we sell a bunch of different products. We sell our deodorant stick. We sell our full body deodorant spray, which is our best selling product. Cause that's the one that's in Equinox and soul cycle and, and so badass, man. <laughs> um, so the spray deodorant stick deodorant, but then we also have a body wash. We have a clay detox, a pit detox mask, like all hand sanitizer. So I didn't know what, and I talked about each of those products on shark tank. So I didn't know what was going to be highlighted. So I didn't really, it was hard to prepare because I wasn't going to get to see my episode before it aired. So I kind of just, you know, tried to stock up as best I could on everything. And then we aired and the focus of the episode was all deodorant. So we sold out that night. Um, we got, I think 5,000 orders, um, that first 24 hours, which was so crazy. Like that was done our entire first year in business. So we got 5,000 orders immediately. Um, but then over the course of the month, we did, I would say Shark Tank alone in that first month generated a million dollars in sales, wow. uh, just from organic from the show sales that month. That doesn't even factor in, you know, our other customers, QVC, we had, it was incredible for us. Like 2022 has been an amazing year. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy for you. I'm so just proud of you, excited for you. That is so amazing. Um, for anybody, you know, there's a there's a belief system that a lot of entrepreneurs have. And this goes for product-based business, digital business, coaching, whatever in literally in every industry you hear this. And everyone thinks it only applies to their industry and they don't realize that in every industry this belief exists, which is the market is already oversaturated. Right. Mm -hmm. And that stops a lot of people from putting their unique take on something that, yeah, sure, the concept of deodorant already existed, like maybe non toxic products already existed. But the way that you curated and created Curie, like 
what advice do you have for people who are stuck in that belief of like, I can't get started because there's already so many other products out there? Oh my God. That is such a good question. Cause that, um, my episode actually just, my Shark Tank episode just got put on YouTube. I think ABC like licensed all the Shark Tank episodes to YouTube. So just a few weeks ago, my episode is now on YouTube and I didn't notice until weeks after it was up there. So by the time I saw it, it had already had half a million views and had like 500 comments. So of course I started reading the comments. Oh God. Do that ever. (laughs) Um, But I just sat there like reading all the comments and a couple of people would, would be like, this is so stupid. There's so many natural deodorants out there. Like, what is she thinking? What is she going to go up against Dove? Like all these people being like, this isn't, this isn't very innovative. Like deodorant already exists. And my response to those people is like, and I, I worked in venture capital. I saw these companies start and be super successful. And most of the time it wasn't the first to market that was the most successful. Like usually it's the company that comes in and creates something or does, and does something better than their competitors. That's the most successful. Mm-hmm. And usually the first year actually is too early. It's a flop. Like an example I always use is remember sidecar. Sidecar came before Uber. So Sidecar was like, I've never heard of it <laughs> because they're out of business. Yeah. <laughs> or oh I think God. they, I don't know what happened to them. I think they either went under or got acquired for nothing, but they were the first mover in like ride sharing and they paved the way for Uber and for Lyft. And all Uber did was come in with a better solution, but they were riding the coattails of of sidecar. So that's my response is like, you actually, it's better not to be the first mover. Cause then you have to create a whole new market. Um, it's so better true. to come in and, and do something better. Or put, like you said, put your own twist on it and, um, kind of take advantage of that market that's already been built and be like, look, I have a better solution. And that's really how we've I've grown the business is, is like, I'm not educating people on why they should make the switch to aluminum-free deodorant because most of our customers have already tried aluminum-free deodorants. And they they don't work. They haven't worked for them. And that is such an easy sell for us to come in there and be like, you want to switch, you want to use an aluminum-free deodorant, but none of them work. Like we have a solution that actually works for you. Yeah. I'm so excited to try your deodorant because literally my, all my deodorants after I- you a package before we did this. Oh my gosh. I would love it. I literally, my deodorant stopped working for me after I gave birth. Like, I feel like you're just so much smellier postpartum. Yeah. The postpartum hormones and the postpartum sweating. We get lots of moms. Yeah. It's gnarly. I smell like onions and I'm, I swear I shower every day. It's insane. So I'm so excited to give it a try. Like I, I can already tell, like, obviously it works and I'm so excited whole little box. You can try everything. Manifested. Look at me. I'm manifesting to you, you guys. You manifested your new body <laughs> care brand. <laughs> um, there's a big R word that a lot of entrepreneurs are afraid of currently, the recession. And oh. I'm just curious. And this is something that, you know, I have my own viewpoints of it and I've shared with my audience, like why I'm personally not afraid of a recession, but I'm just curious as someone in a product-based business, because I have a digital business, I love, you know, bringing on guests who aren't just like me because like that, that would be boring if I just brought on a bunch of Catherine Zinkinas onto my podcast. What is your viewpoint of the recession? Like, what is your game plan for the recession? 
What is your belief system around your business? You know, go getting through a recession, thriving through a recession. Cause I believe that every business, if you set yourself up properly can thrive through any economic, you know, market. So I'm just curious, like, what is your take on this? I mean, you don't my, even think about it. I can tell. My take is like, <laughs> we're going to get through it. Like we've gone yeah. through hell. Like we, beginning of COVID, when COVID lockdown started, people stopped buying deodorant. Like Google it, deodorant sales, COVID. Like it was a thing. Like Procter & Gamble, Unilever, everyone saw a huge decline in deodorant. Interesting. Because people were just like chilling at home and they weren't wearing deodorant, I guess. Like I was, but yeah, well, same. <laughs> our sales just disappeared. I am not kidding. I think we had on March like 14th or 15th or something, we had like a hundred dollars in sales or something. And I was like, my God, the business is over. We're going to go under. I was sure like I was freaking out. We had tons of inventory because we were about to launch with soul cycle. We were supposed to launch with soul cycle April 3rd. And so we had tons of inventory sitting there and no one was buying it. Obviously we weren't going to be launching with soul cycle in, in April 3rd because they were closed because of the lockdown. And we figured it out. Like I, we ended up, we were going to launch a hand sanitizer in during like flu season that winter, like October. And we just like moved the timeline up. We ended up launching it in May and over a hundred thousand bottles in that first two months. Like that saved us. And hand sanitizer was 85% of our sales in 2020. Now it's nothing like it's like 1%, Yeah, but it saved us. And if we hadn't done that, we probably wouldn't be here today. And so I think going through that hell and going through all the struggles that we've been through, like stuff never happens like you want it to. Um, but again, like with the desensitization now, I'm just like, bring it on. Like recession, we'll figure it out. Like we'll yeah. figure it out. People need deodorant. If we have to adjust our business model, if we have to adjust our prices. If we, whatever we have to do, like, I just am so confident we'll figure it out because we always have. Yeah. It's like what you said in the beginning, like you're the type of person who's just ballsy enough to go for it. You have to be ballsy enough to be creative and to make shifts in your business. Because if you rely on the exact same, and this is something that I was telling my team about, because we just went through a launch that didn't meet our expectations. It was still a great launch. And if you would have told me two years ago that this would be my quote unquote bad launch, I would have laughed. I would have been like, there's no way in hell I would ever label that as like, oh, that wasn't that great. Right. That's phenomenal. But I told my team, like there always needs to be something in anybody's business in anyone's life, like somewhat of uncertainty, like some sort of uncertainty because it creates, it keeps you on your toes and it it keeps you creative. You don't get bored right? If everything was always smooth in life, we would be so bored. Like there'd be nothing to figure out. There'd be no uh, problem to solve. It would just be whatever. And I told my team like, this is looking at it. Yeah. This is like, I told my team, like, this is like the best thing that could happen to us because now I'm so excited for 2023 because I'm already making shifts and changes to how we're going to launch the next time because I'm already bored of our system. And this is like the best gift that could have ever been given to me because 
I was bored with our system, but because it worked so well, I never wanted to sway from it. And the the moment it didn't work anymore, you know, cause like Facebook ads change and like, just there's so many algorithms change, social media platforms change. And it's like, thank you. Thank God. Because now I get to be my creative self. I get to go back to that initial Thanks stage. Do things different. Yeah. I get to go back to that initial stage of like, okay, like let's figure out all the different ways that it could work out for us even better than it did before. So love that perspective. You're so creative and thank you. like you shake things up all the time. Like you're even your, your podcast, you're always like exploring new, new things. And I think that's, that is another like hallmark of an entrepreneur is just like wanting to shake things up, wanting, never wanting things to feel stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. Stagnant. And that's like also what successful companies do. They adapt and rules change. Facebook changes their algorithms, you know, laws change, like all this stuff. And you just, Oh my God. Yeah. Navigate and be like, all right, nothing we can't handle. Like we got this and have that attitude and perseverance. I could literally talk to you forever. I know. I have... This is so fun. Can we do like a part two? Because I have so much more to talk to you about. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. You guys, if you want a part two, let us know. Tag oh, us on Instagram. Oh. What is your Instagram? My my personal Instagram is Sarah J. Moray, S-A-R-A-H-J-M-O-R-E-T. And then um, our Curie Instagram is CurieBod, C-U-R-I-E-B-O-D. And our website is CurieBod.com. I'll make a special code. I'll make it like MB20. Um, to give all your listeners 20% off. Um, stick and spray deodorant are obviously our best sellers, but we have some other great body care products too. Amazing. I'm going to put that all in the show notes so people know okay. where to go. There's I'll been a question. Code. Let me write myself a note because I always forget. Don't you love, I love it when like things come up organically on a podcast where you're just like, yeah, let's just do this. Let's just figure this out. Like nothing. I told Sarah that we should not talk about anything until I push record because there's always something juicy that comes through. And I'm like, why am I not recording this? And then you push record and it's like, you, you don't really want to repeat information, but you forget that nobody heard that information. So anyway, I love it. Um, there's a final question that I have for you that of course, so many people are, are so interested in, you know, this is the manifestation Bay podcast. What are your number one? What is your number one tip or trick or hack or thing that um, helps you be an amazing manifester that someone else can try on for themselves? Um, I think I, I'm a very specific manifester. I just learned. Um, so I think <laughs> For me, it's like really closing my eyes and visualizing what I want. Um, And then I also, I think manifestation is like something that people talk about so much now. So Uh, much. Ever since I I had never even, I didn't know what that even meant until uh, Morgan turned me on to your podcast. But now I feel like it's everywhere. I manifested this, like let's manifest this. Yeah, it's a buzzword. The thing that I always tell people is it's like, and and you say this as well, like you, you can't just manifest something into your life. Like it has to come with work. Like you can't just be like, I'm going to be a multimillionaire next year. And then like sit back and do nothing and you yeah. know, don't start that business or not go for that promotion or whatever. Like with manifestation has to come hard work as well. Like you really have to push that forward. But so I do think your mind, like I think of manifestation is like kind of steering the ship but then you got to have like the engine, like you got to have the, you got to push it where you want it to go. Oh, yeah. 
and that requires work. So that's my biggest tip is like manifest whatever your heart desires and then go take the actions that are going to get you there. I love that metaphor that you used. It reminds me of like even using the metaphor as a bow and arrow, like aiming is manifesting. And then of course you got to release the arrow. And that also goes with like, let go, right? Not have expectations of exactly how it's going to happen when it's going to happen, when Shark Tank's going to call you. Coming full circle. Also the preparation thing, like going on Shark Tank hungover, like <laughs> things, do, things don't always work out exactly how you planned. And sometimes it's better actually. And sometimes, you know, those no's get a yes later and it's better like the way it turns out. So you kind of have to let go and be like, all right, this is going to happen I'm going to keep working and chugging along and just have faith that it's going to happen when it should. Yes. Oh my gosh. Mic drop. Let's end it there. <laughs> Sarah, you are so amazing. Absolutely. Yes to part fun. two. I feel like this is a friendship that is beginning to evolve. Like I just vibe I, with you so LA. much. I, I know. I what the hell? just moved to San Diego um, like it's a month ago, but I am in LA <laughs> like every month. So I'll let you know next time I'm there. We can get together in real life. Please. Absolutely. Um, you guys know where to go. Show notes. Um, we're going to drop the website. Um, Sarah's personal Instagram account the company Instagram account, Curie Instagram account, the website, there's a code now. So you get to smell delicious and get manifesting knowledge all in one place. Who would have known? (laughs) And if you're postpartum like me, let, let's, uh, let's do a thing. Let's all get Curie deodorant and just see how it works for us. Because I swear to God, there's gotta be a solution for us. And I feel like this is it. We've got you. And I, I big part of my mission is like, and I say this on QVC and I feel cheesy sometimes, but like the way you smell is such a key component to your confidence. Like it really is. That is my mission. It's like, I want women to feel, and and men, we have male customers too, but mostly women to feel their like most badass confident self. And with that comes like the way you smell. If you feel like your, your armpit smell, or you have like a rash or bumps on your underarms, like you don't feel, you don't feel sexy. You don't feel confident. It's so and true. And it's like such a key component of, of everybody's confidence is the way that they feel about themselves. So that's so like my big mission here. And, um, I hope I gave everyone some good business advice and then now I'll make you smell good and make your kids <laughs> look good and you can go out and crush it. <laughs> it's an all in one bundle. <laughs> it's an all in one, like, you know, confidence boost bundle there. Hell yeah. All right, Sarah, thank you so much. And to thank the rest you. of you guys, I will catch you in the next episode. Mwah. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at ManifestationBabe or visiting my website at ManifestationBabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.